morning, everybody. It's good to be here this morning and to share with you from God's Word. We're, in, we're going to be looking briefly at 1 Samuel 28 uh, today. But I um, just want to say thank you to those of you who invested in the young people. Um, I've just been out speaking at their camp over the weekend. They're still there now. But some of you, I know, invested in praying, uh, paying for them to go to camp. And um, I know they appreciate that one young guy got saved last night. So that's pretty awesome. I've just forgotten his name. So you can ask Craig or some of the other leaders what his name is and then start praying for him. Um, I'm just really encouraged with what the youth leaders are doing in the youth ministry. I've been able to speak. I've spoken at the, the youth a few times this year and just seeing what God is doing in some of those kids' lives. There's a guy called Mana and I just he got saved here one night when I was speaking and God is just doing a mighty work in his heart. He's one of these rough kids from town, we could say that. And, um, but man, he just, he just loves God. And he's got a journey ahead of him, you know. And um, I just encourage you, keep praying for these kids because God's doing a real great work amongst them, and the leaders are doing an awesome job. So um, it was a privilege just to see this young man come to Christ last night. So you can, let's pray for him now, eh? and pray. I think Craig's speaking to them about now, so we can pray for him as he speaks. Lord God Almighty, we love you. We thank you for bringing us to church today. You've um, brought us here to, to come and worship you, and we thank you for being led in worship this morning to you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we pray, want to pray for the youth today, Lord, as they're out there at Raglan, and pray that you'll continue the work that you've begun in a lot of those lives, Lord. Think of that young man who got saved last night. Uh, Lord, I pray that today that assurance of his salvation will just be ground in his heart. Thank you for Mana and some of those other boys and girls, Lord, that are raw to your to faith, Lord. I pray that they will just keep growing and give the leaders strength today and give them wisdom, help Craig as he speaks to them this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray, and maybe each one of you this morning would pray that God would speak into your heart. Would you take a moment just to do that today? Just be open to what God would want to say to you today. And uh, we'll just take a moment, and you can pray. And thank you, God, that you're interested in every part of our lives. You're interested in every soul here this morning, and you're going to speak into our hearts in some way. We rejoice to know you and love you. We know that your love is poured out on us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've entitled my message today, Fear the Strangler. I don't know about you, um, but probably in your life, if you remember back, you can remember times of fear that have overcome you. Times right even today, you might be overcome by fear, and we'll talk about that a little later. I remember back in the year 2000. Does anyone remember the year 2000 here? Come on, you guys, own up. Dave does, that's awesome. Brett does. Some of you people had forgotten it actually existed, but it did. Some of you guys probably are on nappies, you didn't even know it existed, right? Really? Were you, were you alive then? You were born then. Whew, must have made it. But the year 2000 was kind of freaking out the whole world. Do you remember it? What was happening in the year 2000? Y2K. Do you know what that means, Brogan? <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll have a history lesson later for that part of the church. Um, but Y2K was the year that all the computers were going to change, and there was going to be like this massive problem across the world, and New Zealand was going to be like... The country that everyone was centred in on, and it's like everyone was buying up this extra food and water, and how many of you people stored up your cabinets because the world was going to fall apart? Come on, own up. 
Yeah, they did, don't believe them. But at any rate, it was, it was kind of a time when fear gripped the world. They didn't know what was going to, what was going to happen next. Um, and I think of even the uh, Christchurch earthquake, which some of you might have even been in. Was anyone here in the Christchurch earthquake? In Christchurch, you guys? And um, I remember um, flying to Christchurch on a pretty... I really loved the flight, but it would be one that Gary would have to visit the toilet after. Um, it was a really rough flight, and I know how much you love flying, Gary. But I had this lady sitting next to me, and she just suddenly grabbed hold of my arm, was hanging on for grim death. She said, I'm sorry, but I've just got to hold on to you. And she said, apologize to your wife later. Um, but I can imagine if Gary was sitting next to me, he'd probably put his arms right around me. He's like, hates flying, right? But that was like fear gripped that, that lady as she was going through this really bumpy ride. Um, and fear can cause us to do all sorts of things that otherwise we mightn't do. It causes us to think differently and not be at peace with ourselves. And the Bible mentions that 114 times um, the word fear is mentioned, or fear not is mentioned 360 time, um, 365 times in the Bible, one, one for every day of the year. It really, it's true. Um, so it's, it's actually talked about a whole lot in the Bible. And the words fear not, you will often find in the Bible. Um, and fear, it's an emotion that both humans and animals experience. And if you're a hunter, you'll know that animals uh, have fear when they see you. And some of y'all can understand why they would run when they saw you. But, um, but animals get, when they're hunted, they become fearful. Um, so it's actually, it's an emotion. And it's not necessarily a bad emotion all the time. It's actually a safe emotion some of the times. And so there's good fear and bad fear. And good fear is protective. And bad fear is self-absorbing. If you think about your life and when you've been fearful of something, you find that your mind is actually consumed by that fear. And maybe someone, some of you here today are consumed by a fear that's, that's overwhelming and you can't get rid of it out of your mind. And fear can cause us to do things that we would not normally do. In fact, in a good way. Sometimes we can get supernatural strength through fear. Sometimes we will do things that we don't consider uh, the danger ahead because we want to rescue someone. I remember when my son, when we were at um, Hotwater Beach years ago, um, and my son was just young and he loved swimming, and he got out into a rip, and it's like I didn't even consider how dangerous it might have been for me to get out there. I was just going out to grab him and to bring him back. I've heard of stories, and you can go to the internet and find numerous stories of people that have done astronomical uh, strength things because of fear or because of seeing someone in a dangerous situation, and people have lifted cars when they normally wouldn't have that sort of strength. For the believer, fear often results in taking our eyes off Jesus Christ and solely onto the situation, resourcing from our own strength. So think of your situation. Situations that you might have been overcome by fear. What's happening is that you're actually reverting to your own strength and not looking up to God. And I can give testimony to that. I know that for myself. There's been times when that has happened for me. And in 1 Samuel 28, it's a great passage to be given, Gary. Thank you very much. It's an awesome passage. It's one that Jeff's going to deal with next week. Um, but in 1 Samuel 28, we have an unusual story, really. And I know that you've been working through 1 Samuel. Um, and the story here is about Saul, and I'm just going to kind of give an overview of this chapter. Um, and 
his fear here caused him to try and control the situation that he was in himself. Saul was fear, fearful of the Philistines that were coming upon the nation, uh, the, the, the children of Israel. And the sad thing is about Saul, and as we learn way back in chapter 15, that Saul had been rejected by the Lord. I can't imagine what that would be like. I'm just grateful that the Lord never rejects me. Do you wake up in the morning saying, Lord, thank you that I'm safe with you, that no matter what I do in this world, that you will never reject me? But here's a situation we find in chapter 15 where Saul is rejected by the Lord because he's been totally disobedient and didn't do what the Lord asked him to do. Man, if that was me, I won't say you because you were probably really good, but if that was me and every time I sinned that, you know, the, the depth of my relationship with God got wider and wider, or the, the width got wider and wider, I'd be freaking out. But he foresaw, imagine what it would be like. And so he lived the rest of his life, and his rest of his life from that point on in fear, when he didn't obey the word of the Lord. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 28, we have the story of him. When he's, he's, um, Samuel's died, and, um, and Saul is faced with this, the difficulty of this army of the Philistines, and he had no confidence in himself to lead the Israelites against the Philistines. And so he's very, very fearful. And so if we go to verse 4, first, <coughs> excuse me, says in verse 4, Tom, you might have to take it. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> it's really good to have two Toms in a service and say, hey, Tom, we're looking forward to you speaking this morning. Verse 4 said, Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel together and they encamped at Gilboa. So right here in this picture, we have Saul and his eyes are on what? His eyes are on the enemy. They're on the wrong thing. His eyes were not on the Lord and obviously the rejection, his rejection of the Lord and the Lord rejecting him thinks, so much bro. His rejection of the Lord and the Lord rejecting him caused him to try and make up some solutions for himself. In verse 5, we have um, <clears throat> now Samuel, sorry, when Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. Saul was impatient. He wanted the Lord's help when it was convenient for him and on his terms. And the Lord, as we know, back in verse 15, had, chapter 15, sorry, had rejected him. So now he's got to conjure up some idea of how to sort out this problem himself. If you go down to verse 7, Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, that I might go and inquire of her. And the servant said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a messenger at Endor. Man, what, what a progression downwards. What a regression of his life. And, and in fact, of turning away from the Lord, rejecting the Lord, and the Lord rejecting him. But now he's going to the depths of, of evil to find out an answer for his situation. Saul's heart and mind had become <clears throat> so far from inquiring of the Lord that he was prepared to go to the dark world for an answer for his problem. Knowing full well that the man of God who he was inquiring of, Samuel, um, had all these witches kicked out of, out of Israel him, him, himself. And then Saul as well had made this declaration, get rid of all the witchcraft out of the nation. And so here he is doing a full circuit and saying, find me a witch. I need an answer. 
Like, why wouldn't you just go and repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've done this evil against you and I need your help right now. But no, he's overcome by fear and he had never even considered that that might be an option for him. Do you believe it was an option for him? I certainly do. The Lord is not slow. He's not. He listens to the voice of his people. But, uh, but Saul um, wasn't willing to do that. And so we go down to verse 10 and we find that Saul, um, called, he goes and he meets with this witch and um, this woman. Maybe we should read these verses. Saul, he goes and disguises himself. He didn't want to show that it was Saul because he said no more witchcraft in the nation. So he's got to hide it. He's got to hide his, his, um, who he is. And so Saul disguised himself, verse 9, and put on other clothes. And he went and two men with him. And they took and they came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct a seance for me and bring for me, bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Then the woman said to him, Look, you know what Saul has done, how he's cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life and cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. I mean, how can he even give that confidence? Be confident and say, hey, that's not going to happen to you. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. This is a mystery. I don't have a whole lot of answers for how this witch can suddenly bring up Samuel to give an answer to Saul when Saul could have gone directly to God. But God has obviously allowed this to happen. So the story goes on. Um, Then when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. Then the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What do you see? Can you believe that? He says to her, Don't be afraid. And he's overcome by fear. Fear is actually driving his life. And he says to this woman, don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. Well, if it's going to be okay, why didn't you go to the Lord in the first place? It's kind of crazy how our minds work. And we can look at Saul and say, what a foolish man. And yet, you know what? Some of you here today are overcome by fear. And you're not willing to go and lay that at the Lord's feet. It's true. I'm going to ask you to think about that later. Is there a fear that's driving you today? And you're actually wanting to control that part of your life? And so Saul compromises, and he's, he's so afraid that he's willing to compromise and go to this great length. This woman obviously recognized who Saul was. Saul says, don't be afraid. And he goes, and an actual Samuel comes up and speaks. Now, I don't have an answer for why this happened like this. Maybe someone else does have a great answer for this, but in all my reading, I can't find an answer as to why this is. But we know that the Lord has allowed this to happen. Saul has got an answer from Samuel, and Samuel just reiterates, you've been rejected by the Lord. Your, your kingdom's going to be taken from you. He already knew that. But Saul reiterates, your kingdom's going to be taken from you, and David is going to come and rule on your kingdom. And instead of Saul taking a humble attitude to the fact is, hey, you know what? I've lost my kingdom. I've disobeyed the Lord and putting his life right with God. He still wants to control the situation. And it's a real, to me, the story of Saul as it ends is just a really sad story. They had no need to end like that. And even from the time that, that um, David first came on the scene way back in early 
um, chapters of 1 Samuel. What we find is that Samuel, that Saul has this distressing spirit in him that he never, ever goes to the Lord and sorts out it. Saul, the leader, his fear affected him. But you know what? When fear affects us, it doesn't only affect us. It affects others around us who are directly related to us. And then it also affects greatly our relationship with God. So Saul's not only affected by this fear himself, but his whole nation is affected by that. And often we think, this is just about me. But when you're overcome by fear, you're not able to minister to anyone around you. You can't bring confidence to anyone's faith around you because you're overcome by this fear. And so fear not only affects you greatly, it affects others around you, and it certainly affects your relationship with God because the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 14, 4, 14, I think it is. We look at the Bible and we see lots of stories. Go to um, Genesis chapter 4. And there's Cain. He's overcome by fear. And, and the Lord says to him, sin is crouching at the door. You must master it, Cain. Otherwise, this is going to destroy you. And it caused Cain to go and destroy Abel. And in um, Genesis chapter 12, we have Abraham who lies about Sarah. Why does he lie about Sarah? Because he's fearful of the outcome. They might take his wife away because she's pretty and take her to be their wife. So he says, I'm going to conjure up this idea. We don't find Abraham going and saying, Lord, what am I going to do about this? If you go to Numbers chapter 13, we have the 12 spies going into, into the land of Canaan at Kadesh Barnea. What do we find? Ten of them are overcome by fear. Why? Because they see the enemy. They don't see the Lord, Caleb and Joshua. They see the Lord, the mighty conqueror. And so they have a different attitude to him. But as a result of those 10 spies getting their eyes on the, on the um, enemy, the whole nation of Israel wanders for another 40 years in the wilderness. They missed out on all those blessings. All those guys who are over the age of 20 missed out on seeing the promised land. How terrible is that? You know, when we're overcome by fear, we're missing out on the blessings of God. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Philippians 4, 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by, peace, by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There's an antidote for fear. We go to Elijah in chapter 1 Kings 19. And he's just done this mighty, I love the story of Elijah, but I just don't get him. He's just seen all the prophets of Baal destroyed, right? It, and, um, and then Jezebel says to him, hey, you know what, Elijah, I'm going to do to you what you did to those prophets. And he scarpers for him. He runs away and he's hiding, so fearful. And yet he's seen God overcome all these prophets of Baal and destroy them. How often we forget the, the victories of God in our life and we get overcome by the situation today. Take, him, take a trip down memory lane, folks. Remember what God has done for you and let that be a driver of you to live forward for him each day and not be overcome by the fears in your life. We go to John chapter 20, we have Peter. He's, face, he's there watching the crucifixion of Jesus. And what? He's overcome again by fear. No, no, I don't know the man. 
He's trying to preserve his life. He is trying to preserve his life. Go to Mark chapter 6, and we have the disciples on the boat, fearful. And yet, where's the Lord? Right in their midst. You say, they're crazy, those guys. Why don't they just ask the Lord? You know what? You're just the same, aren't you? You're overcome by fear at times. You let that fear drive you, and you won't turn to the Lord when he's sitting right there in your boat. So what are some of the fears that we face, and and what does it cause? Well, we can be fearful of broken relationships, of family issues. And you know what? They encompass a lot of us in this room today. There's been family relationships that you've struggled with. There's been broken relationships, and some of you might be a result of a broken relationship. And often the result of that is there's hatred that comes into our minds. There's regretful words that we have because the fear of all that situation overcomes us. There's health issues, and we become fearful of the outcome of our health. And some of you might in this room today have a diagnosis, or you mightn't even know the answer to your health issue. And you've been overcome by that. And it's causing you to stress and to worry. And God says, you know what? I just want you to embrace my love for you today. Because my love, perfect love, overcomes fear. I don't have a health issue today. I'm not in your shoes today. So I don't know how you feel. But all I can do is say, hey, if you're going to allow that to overcome you with fear, and you're worried about the future, you're actually pushing the Lord aside. And you need to come back and say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you through this journey. There's income issues. And for some of you in this room, you might have lost a job. And so you're overcome by not having enough income for your family. And you're thinking, what am I going to have to do? What am I going to have to do? Have you thought that it might be a good idea to just go to the Lord and surrender that to him each day? And so it's what if, what if, what if? Maybe some of you are not even sure about whether you'll have a job in the future. Is God greater than your job? Is God greater than your income right now? You know, I'm reminding myself as I speak to you today. Because there are all these things that come and embrace on our minds and grab a hold of us that we actually allow to take over. And we don't allow the love of God to embrace us and to say, you know what, I've got you. There's nothing that can happen to you that will harm you outside of my knowledge and my allowance. Some of you are facing job losses. How will I provide? What about my mortgage? What am I going to do about that? Some of you have been hurt and you've been ridiculed. And we start to lose heart from other people and we start to think poorly about other people and we find it hard to trust people, let alone the Lord. You think, Lord, why has this happened to me? And we argue and we fight and we squabble about that in our minds with God. And all the time we're allowing this fear to overcome us. And so our relationship with others is destroyed, remember? It's not only affecting us, it's affecting our relationship with others. And it's affecting certainly our relationship with God. And that's exactly where Saul was at. The fear had overcome him. It affected the whole nation of Israel. Instead of leading strongly with the Lord at his side, he couldn't lead like that. Israel were overcome by the Philistines. And it wasn't until David became king that that changed. Sometimes we 
have failure through sin and we are fearful of the outcome of that. We wonder how could God ever forgive me and we can't accept his forgiveness. We want to give up. What's the point? What will people think of me? And it's fearful of the future instead of embracing what the word of God says. What does the word of God say about your sin? What does he promise you? 1 John 1, 1.9 says, if we confess our sin, what? What are the next three words? He is faithful. Wow, that's pretty cool, isn't it? He's faithful and he's just. And then the next part says, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. How good is that? You happy about that this morning? Some of you are looking a bit worried this morning. Maybe you're overcome by fear. But seriously, you know, we need to embrace the word of God and the truths and the promises of God's word to us today. What are the effects of sin? Well, it stops us experiencing the power of God. The Israelites at the Red Sea, the ten spies in all of Israel, they stopped, they didn't experience the power of God for them. It binds us. Proverbs 29, 25 says that the fear of man brings a sneer, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. How cool is that? The fear of man brings a sneer, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. I reckon that's pretty cool. Would you like to claim that promise for you today? It causes us to miss out on God's provision and protection for us. Abraham and Sarah, you know what? They says, Lord, we're going to do this our way. And they, they failed to see how God could work in that situation. They didn't recognize God was working anyway, but they didn't recognize that. They didn't appreciate They didn't value that. So every time we let fear overcome, we're not experiencing the power and provision of God. It stops us interacting with people. It stops us worshiping God. What would be worse than that, not being able to come with a heart of worship to God and not to be able to interact with other people? It stops us encouraging people. We can't encourage other people if we're overcome by fear because it's all about us. It stops us living a godly life. And Genesis 4, sin is crouching at the door and it's going to master you. Fear will overcome you and will stop you experiencing and living a godly life. You know what? Fear can cause health problems as well. When you allow the, the issues of life to overcome you, um, it can cause health problems and cause you lack of sleep, and so you're not able to embrace what God is giving to you. So how do we overcome our fears? Just briefly. First John 4:18 says, "You know, perfect love overcomes fear." I reckon that's a promise worth embracing. Do you? Anyone else want to embrace that promise today? No? Seriously, you can say yes if you want. Yeah, Brett, thank you for those raising of arms. It's awesome. Like, seriously, you can embrace that for yourself. Is that promise to you or just to someone else? Is it to you today? Yeah, I heard one. Yes, that's awesome. Some people believe in this book here. That's fantastic. Seriously, I think it's time we embrace the promises of God for our lives so that we're not overcome by these things. We need to own up about our fear. That's the first, first answer to that. It's like, you know what? I am overcome by fear. Is it wrong to own up about a problem in your life? It is absolutely not. And some of you wouldn't dare tell anyone because you don't want them to think that you are less than what you show that you are. And some of you have been hanging on to some fears for a long time, and it's time to own up about that. It's time to go to someone else and say, you know what? The truth is that I'm actually strangled by this fear in my life. 
And I'd love you to sit with me and pray with me to help me overcome this. That's a great step to going forward. And some of you have lived for years with fear. Some of you older people have lived for years with fear. Years with fear. You're fearful of your kids that are not walking with God. You're fearful of other people. You're fearful of things changing, things happening. And you allow that to overcome you. It's time to stop. It's time to get some help. It's time to own up about that. Secondly, we need to confess it. You know what? Fear is a sin. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If fear doesn't come from God, where does it come from? It can't be a good thing, eh? So fear is not driven by God. It comes from within ourselves or from circumstances that we face. And it's time to not only own up about it, but to confess it to God. Own up to another human is really important. Get some help with it. Secondly, confess it to God and claim his forgiveness for that. And then claim the promises of God. I've just got a bunch of scriptures here. I'm just going to give you the reference for them. Are they on the screen there? Thanks, Jeff. Um, If you want to write them down, you can. I'm just going to mention a couple of them here because we've run out of time. Um, Psalm Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How good is that? Do you think you could claim that for yourself today? I reckon it would be okay to do that. I think God would be happy about that. I reckon you could do that today. So why not do that? Psalm 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. These verses are so good. I could talk about them all day. Psalm 118 verse 6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear. Don't be afraid of them. They're the enemy. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you and he will not forsake you. If you're feeling forsaken today, you know what? That's because the devil's got a hold of your mind. Because God promises never to forsake you, never to leave you. He says in John 10, 27, he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand. My Father who's given them to me is greater than all, and no one can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. How good is that? Held by the mighty hand of Jesus and by the mighty arm of God, and he's never going to let you go. What are you fearful of today, folks? At the end of the service, I'm going to encourage you to do something. And maybe today you're overcome by some fear. I don't know what you're going through. But if you're overcome by fear, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things today. I'm going to ask you to own up about that. Own up to somebody else about that. Certainly own up to God about that and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been overcome by this fear. And today I'm going to claim 1 John 1, 9. And I'm going to ask for your cleansing on that. And then I'm going to ask you to do something else at the end of the service when everyone's having a, having a cup of tea. There's a couple of shredders up here. There's some paper. And some pens. I'm going to ask you to come up here and just write on this paper whatever your fear is. And then surrender that up to God and pop it in the shredder. I don't know if this is on. It is on. And there it goes. 
It's just a symbolic thing to do, but it's going to help you in your mind to say, you know what, I'm choosing today to deal with this fear. I'm not going to let it rule my life anymore. I'm going to get rid of it today. That's part of owning up about it. That's part of saying, and, and as you put it through the shredder, you can say, Lord, I'm giving this to you today. And I'm going to ask that you might help me to be overcome by your love today and know that I'm forgiven for this sin. So people are just going to be milling around, but, and no one's going to be looking over here and say, oh, wow, they're overcome by fear. Guess what? They're lying. They're over here drinking their coffee. <laughs> Sucking up that fear trick. I want to, this is honestly a great thing to do, folks. It's a really good thing to do because that shredder's not going to bring it back. Someone's going to go and burn that later on today. And you know what? That's one way of physically doing that. And today, maybe husbands and wives, you need to talk about something that you've been overcome by or fearful of the future for you. You're worried about your family. Some of you are worried about your grandkids. Some of you are worried about your future. Some of you are worried about your health. Some of you are not sure about church. It's time to surrender those fears to God. Let's pray. Let's all bow our heads and close your eyes. Almighty God, we come in confession to you today and know that, Lord, so often we revert to the flesh. And in my flesh is nothing good, Lord. And I've been, sometimes I'm overcome by fear. And Lord, I come and bring them to you today. And ask, Lord, that you might embrace me with your love again so that I know that this life is about embracing your love and not embracing my fears, not listening to the evil one who wants to pound my mind with the, the fears of life and realize that I can't do anything. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here today who's overcome by fear or have allowed fear to, to, to um, rule their minds, Lord, that today they would own up about it, they would confess it, and they would come and shred it, Lord. Oh God, I thank you that we can come to you, that you are the great lover of mankind, that you promised to hold us and never let us go. And so that's part of embracing us through all the troubles and trials of life. And so, Lord, for those that are troubled by life today, maybe ill health or future or finance or jobs or family, whatever, Lord, I pray that they might embrace you as they go through this situation, that they would not allow the fear to overcome them, but they would, Lord, surrender that to you every day.